you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Friday, September 8th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest. Four years with the Saints, three years with the Chiefs, two years with the Bears, two years with the Chargers, a season each with the Eagles and the Lions, and now he's all ours. So please put your hands together and welcome him back for a second time. It's been a long time, ladies and gentlemen, Chase Daniel. Welcome back to the podcast. Let's go. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy, and on today's show, game picks, scores included for every remaining week one game. Pretty simple thing on Fridays. That's what we do. But first, this. Say goodnight. This game's over. Two teams will meet out in the middle of the field to say job well done, job better done on this night by the Detroit Lions. They have come in and knocked off the Super Bowl champs. Okay, Chase Daniel, I know you watched. I saw your tweets. The defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs, a team that you hold as much, if not more, affection for than any of the NFL teams on your resume, lose 21-20 at home to the Lions. I want to invite you to buck what seems to be the trend today, which is to make the Lions win somehow about the Chiefs' loss. Chase Daniel, why did the Lions decidedly and deservedly win this game? Well, I thought they were the better team for most of the game. Listen, um, it's all about the turnover battle, and the Lions got even on that. Mahomes back, throws, it is incomplete, picked off, picked off by the Lions. Brian Branch with it left side. He's going, baby! He's going to the house! To be honest, like, everyone's talking about the Chiefs losing this game. That's great, but give some props to the Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell biting off kneecaps. I mean, they go on the road into a super hostile environment, probably the most difficult place to play in the National Football League, and they beat the defending Patrick Mahomes welding NFL champion, Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Like, come on. That, to me, is the storyline. And we're talking today about how the Chiefs lost, how they should have won, how they didn't have Kelsey, how they didn't have Chris Jones. That's not the storyline. The storyline is the Detroit Lions going into Arrowhead and getting a win. And that's impressive to me for a lot of reasons, mainly because there was a lot of hype put on this Detroit Lions team. Oh, they got better in the secondary. Oh, their rookie draft class is great. Oh, they got Jamar Gibbs. They got, you know, Teddy Bridgewater wearing number 50 coming in. Jared Goff hasn't thrown an interception in almost 400 passes. Like, all these storylines and how they finished last year, they lived up to it. Yeah, they did. Because they won the game. I told you guys we're built for this We can overcome anything as long as you guys just can hang with it. We got a ton to clean up when we get back. But until then... Yes, they did. Jared Goff, 22 for 35, 253 yards. He was sacked once. He did have that touchdown pass to Amon Ross St. Brown. 
Uh, longest play of the day for him in terms of a quarterback was 33 yards, had a 94.1 passer rating. The stats, I know for a guy like you, they really don't add up to too much. The fact is, the stat that matters most is 1-0. The first time that the Lions have started a season 1-0 since, I believe, 2014. It's the first time that the Chiefs have started a season 0-1 since, I believe, 2017. Check me on all of that research. But what did you see from Jared Goff outside of the numbers, outside of his numbers, his stats, that really proved to you that this man who, as you intimated, hasn't thrown a pick in forever. Guys, it is the third longest streak for an NFL quarterback in NFL history to not throw an interception. That's how good Jared Goff is seeing the field right now. That's how good his decision-making is right now. What impressed you most about Jared Goff last night? Well, I think you take the last eight or nine games of the 2022 season, and you look at Jared Goff's stats and just numbers in general, and it was much better than the beginning of the season. And I really liked his progression going from the last eight games of last year to the start of this year. And you could tell him and Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the, for the Lions, they're on the same page. And you could tell by play calling, there's a lot of shifts, a lot of motions, making that Kansas City Chiefs defense, which is usually a very heavy edge pressure team, having to make checks at the line, having to do all this. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like, is your quarterback comfortable as an offensive coordinator, right? And, and he was very very comfortable and he just steadied the ship i mean 250 yards against that defense is is good like i thought the stats were good the biggest thing no turnovers yeah, from exactly. him no turnovers. And, and that's something you have to do and, and that's only what, the one sack yeah and only the one sack and so he's getting the ball out quickly <clears throat> he's leaning on the run game they didn't get away from the run game they didn't run for a lot of yards but david montgomery jamar gibbs all these people like help him and i think jared Goff is the perfect personality for that team. And remember this feeling that wasn't perfect. We stick together. We are built for this boys. We are built for this 2-1-0 next. Let's go. Win on three. One, two, three. Win! Especially because he is so opposite of Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell's in your face. Rah, rah. Everyone saw the halftime interview. It was epic. It was amazing. Jared Goff's like, ah, we expected it. And truly, he did. Like, that is the type of confidence that this offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, I can't say enough about him because I was with him when he was the tight ends coach in 2020 with my one year in Detroit. And you could just tell. I don't know what it was. Maybe the aura about him, the it factor, all the other things, how smart he was. But you could just tell this dude was going to be a budding star in the league. And the way he started in 2023, I mean, if he keeps this up, New head coach next year? I mean, it's got to be on short list already. We talked in the offseason about Philadelphia Eagles losing both coordinators, Jonathan Gannon, Shane Steichen, and how significant it was potentially for them to lose both. I think overlooked in all of the shuffling of coaches in the offseason was the fact that Ben Johnson was not allowed to walk out of that building, that they kept him in the building for some steady stewardship of that offense. And man, you started to see that last night. They were efficient, they were confident. Play clock at five, Goff leans in, there's the snap. Jared back, looking, looking, throwing, middle, caught, first down, touchdown Detroit Lions! Oh baby, Amon Ross St. Brown! Can you get a guy as a head coach to go and rally the troops. Can you get a guy to go up there and just stand on the table for you and say, I believe in my team. And that's exactly what Dan Campbell said last night after win. It was expected. He got asked, right? He got asked, I think, hey, what did you learn about your team? He said, nothing. He said, nothing. It was everything I already knew about this team. To me, 
If I, when I'm in the locker room and I hear that from a head coach, I'm like, hell yeah. Translation, there's no need for a translation here. It's about one game and it's about one score. And the score said this, Detroit Lions 21, the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs 20. It is not about the guys who weren't on the field. It's about the guys who were. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. With me today, Chase Daniel. And the next topic is the best game this week that you're not talking about. It's the Dolphins and the Chargers. It's the Finns and the Bolts. The Chargers play at home across the street. They're uh, three and a half point favorites, I believe, for those of you at home who care about that sort of thing. Let's talk about how, if the Chargers do win this game, how will they have gotten it done? Well, you know, we talked about it a lot in the pre-production meeting and, and it was the easiest point to me on this entire pre-production meeting before this show that I came up with, okay? And it was run the dang ball, <laughs> unleash Justin Herbert, and start fast on defense. That might seem like three easy points, okay? But let me go into them. Stop the run. Or, sorry, get the run going, right? Yeah. And he didn't say dang, by the way. He said run the damn ball. <laughs> so say it again. Run the damn ball. Run tell the me, damn ball. Tell Let's me why go. that's so important. Let's go. Is, it, is it merely Austin Eckler? Is it feed the machine? I think it's definitely feed the machine and Austin Eckler. But I think it's more than that. I think it's Josh Kelly's going to get carries all the other guys are going to get their fair share Bit of a standout player this offseason sneaky like he looks great out there. i like jk not only as a person but as a player as well i mean he's one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet but he straight up earned that rb2 job yes, he did. especially with that 75 yard against San yes, Fran. He did. i love I that what, that was, was awesome he was one of the preseason stars for me no so doubt. go on kid there's no doubt and i think with kellen moore and I think this is what Kellen Moore decided to do coming into the season and what Brandon Staley wanted. He wanted a the emphasis to be on running the ball, to stick with running the ball, to make sure that if we get a run on first and 10 and we lose a yard, don't be afraid to go back to the run because there's different schemes schematically that you're going to get to. Okay, you just got to figure out what they're playing and go on. You got to marry the run and the pass game. And you saw it. I mean, the stats speak for itself, honestly, in my opinion on this. The Chargers ran for over 600 yards in three preseason games. There was like 201 yards a game rushing. Which, which is unheard of. It's unheard of. It's like the third time it's ever been done. Joe Lombardi not there anymore. I know this is a friend of yours, somebody you hold in high esteem. But was there a disconnect between Brandon Staley and what Lombardi viewed as the degree to which you commit to the run? I mean, I, I think there's a little bit of everything that goes into that decision to let go of, of, of Joe Lombardi. And, and I think Joe probably shoulders too much of the blame because there's schematics, there's 
there's there's all sorts of stuff that go into it. Look, and ask Nathaniel injuries. Hackett about shouldering too much of a blame yeah. in a in a in a team narrative. Absolutely, and there's injuries all over the board. We're without two or three of our uh, starters. We, you know, it, it was just a tough season last year. And but I do think, like with Joe, like he probably would have liked to run the ball more, but he realized that he had Justin Herbert. Yeah. Which brings me to my next point. It's a tough balance to make. Okay, so how do you run the damn ball, Chase Daniel, but also unleash Justin Herbert? These seem to be two competing ideas. Yeah, I think I think that this team is going to... And you look at Kellen Moore over the last five or six years. The dude got a bad rap from Mike McCarthy, which I think is ridiculous. The dude's top five offense in the year every year has been an offensive corner. And the reason was, supposedly out of Dallas, they didn't run the ball. They ranked 10th in rushing yards. Okay, they ran the ball. They ran the ball. They ran the ball. And so I think that's what it, I'm I'm looking forward to is with this Kellamore offense, you have to run the football, but also once you run the football, okay, you're going to get light boxes to start. You're going to get five, six-man boxes because of all the weapons they have outside. And when they give you a seven-man box, it's bombs over, like it's bombs, bombs away, like truly. And so I think that's what's exciting about Justin Herbert is everything I've heard from the team out of camp, including himself, is like, we're throwing the ball deep. And we're not doing these checkdowns and stuff. And even if it's not there, we're throwing the ball deep again. I heard out of Chargers camp that he's also throwing some shade, that there is a part of his personality, a more cocksure, more confident, yes, even trash-talking side of Justin Herbert. And you know what? I loved hearing that. I loved hearing that. This is pre-signing that big contract, by the way. And yes, now he's absolutely minted. And by the way, he's the biggest quarterback. You have no idea how big Justin Herbert is until you stand in his presence and realize, oh my God, that man is nine feet tall. Yeah. He's extraordinarily talented. You say, take that car out for a ride. So run the damn ball, unleash Justin Herbert, and then part three? Play good defense from yeah. the start. Okay, now uh, who who's going to shoulder the the burden there? Well, I mean, it falls on Brandon Staley. It really does. It falls it? on Brandon Staley. You're a to, defensive coach. Now it's yeah. really time to prove it. And you you talk about their defense um, last year when I was there. It was good, and then it got really really good the indie game Monday night when the guys started playing some confidence. I don't necessarily think it was scheme. Either I think the scheme's always been that they started playing with confidence, and then we we came back home against the Dolphins, held them to 215 yards, and then we just got on a roll. And I think that was the turning point of our season last year to be able to go into the playoffs. And obviously, everyone knows about the the the, the crazy loss that we had, and and you know the the second half meltdown um, against that, the Jags. I mean, look, Jags, it's, yeah. it's kind of a legendary performance. But again, I think almost like the Lions win over the Chiefs. When I think about that game, I swear to you, Chase, I do not think about Chargers capitulation. I think about Jags finding a way yeah. back into that game and finding a way to win. I realize that that may be a little bit of a Pollyanna approach, but I'm not ready to point fingers at teams yeah. that lose until I applaud the teams that win. Well, I, I, and I think for the loss, he, uh, Brandon Staley got unfairly judged for that. I mean, I, I, he could, you can only do so much as a head coach. At the end of the day, it falls on the players, and we just got to execute. execute. We didn't execute enough, and that's true. That's not just co that's not just coach talk or player talk. That's true. You got to execute. But I think if their defense against Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, I loved what they did last year against the guys. They came up and pressed them. They were like one of the only teams to ever press them to not let them get started and let Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa go to work. Okay, so that's a tough ask, though, to play good defense against the guys that you just name-checked on that Dolphins offense. This Dolphins offense, this is a track team. This yeah. is a fast, fast team on both sides of the ball. A very, very difficult way to start the season, but a very interesting challenge to start your season. Chargers favored by three and a half. That's what should happen, or at 
least some of the, the minds in Vegas say that the Chargers should win. The Dolphins could win. Chase Daniel, what will happen? Who wins this game and how do they do it? Chargers win 34-31. I think it comes down to, to the last two minutes of the first half and the last four or five minutes of the game. I guess you could say that for every NFL game. But I think that two-minute offense, two-minute defense is going to come into play. 34-31. Yep. Translation points a palooza at SoFi. <laughs> uh, I love the sound of that. Yeah. That's a game worth Exciting watching. game. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with Chase Daniel. And the final topic is the next game. And that game is, of course, the NFC East battle. The first of two back-to-back -back games at MetLife. I think Jets fans and Giants fans have their own battle going, Chase, <laughs> on this one. I want Giants fans to prove that they are the better you know, home team. I want Jets fans to do the same. We'll see about that come Tuesday. Let's talk about the Cowboys and the Giants. Like Aaron Rodgers and the Bears, the Cowboys, as of late, have straight owned the New York Giants, having won 11 of 12, four straight, two years of bragging rights, but come on, 11 of 12. What's the key to the Giants not losing a fifth straight? Or maybe the better question is, what's the key to the Cowboys' domination? What's the better question to ask? Take whichever one you like. I think it's the Cowboys' domination. Talk to me. And who, I think, why? I, I th why I think, or well, who? I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer offense yes. go about uh, exploring how Dak goes about things, right? And what do I say about that? Exploring about Dak, how, how he goes about things. You can think you know how your quarterback is going to act and practice on certain plays. Maybe he didn't run in 10 years or nine years. But when you get into game and you call these plays and you're as a head coach, you have to say, hey, okay, this went really well on this play. Let's let's formate that. It's, it's in the back of your mind, so let's formate it a different way next week. And so I think it's going to be an early season process for Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott getting on the same page. Because it's I've, I've heard from the camp there, it's 30% new plays, okay? That's a lot to me. Because that offense is already very, very heavy in words and numbers, and, and Dak's going to be able to handle it. But how are they going to to get all their receivers involved? Tony Pollard. How are, it's 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 an interesting way for Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Giants. He has. I don't think you can know what to expect. You the can't. last time Mike McCarthy called plays, 2018. 2018. 2018. So it's been a long, long time. But listener, I want to report back that there's a look of anguish, something like anguish, on Chase Daniels' face when he talks about this Cowboys offense because there is so much uncertainty. Now you have sort of like put that uncertainty on Wink Martindale on the Giants D and yet 
If you're a Cowboys fan listening, you're kind of wondering, is there too much uncertainty for the kind of chemistry that we're going to require to win games like this this early in the season? Are you worried about the Cowboys pulling this off no, in the absence of Kellen Moore, who you just name-checked moments ago? I think their defense is excellent. I mean, I think it's more than excellent. I think they're top five, top eight in the league. So I do think for these early season games, when you're trying to figure out who you are and your identity on offense, who do you, rely you on? have that defense in Micah Parsons Boom. to rely on. They have forced more turnovers in the NFL over the last two seasons than any other team. You talked about turnovers, how important it was in terms of a Detroit Lions team that didn't turn the ball over. They won that turnover battle last night. It's a massively important, cannot be overstated, how important the turnover battle is in any NFL game, certainly a divisional game like this one. Okay, Micah Parsons, he's a beast. He can't do it alone, but you like that unit entirely. Stephon Gilmore certainly makes that team better on the backside. High hopes for Brandon Cooks as a take-the-top-off kind of wide receiver for Dak Prescott. Absolutely. They haven't been the same since the loss of Amari Cooper. 100%. It's not a like-for-like thing, but he certainly adds another dimension to that offense. Are you excited about that? You'd certainly be excited about having him. Super excited. If I was a quarterback, I'd be super excited about having him. He He's like trade bait, right? He's been traded like four or five times. It's insane. Like one of the most ever. And wherever he goes, he still puts 1,000-yard seasons, put seasons up. yard seasons up. So if those playmakers in Dallas can stay healthy, like they, they are – I mean, they're loaded. They are loaded every position on offense and defense. That is not the question, my man. The question is, can they translate talent to wins? Yes. And continue to win in big situations, which, by the way, this is going to be a big situation on Sunday Night Football. Yes. It's not just the uh, inevitable Niners game in the playoffs that we will see however many <laughs> months from now. It is get that out of the way early, win a game of consequence now in your estimation. And you're absolutely right. This is a game of massive consequence, if nothing else, for two teams that need to feel good going into a season. The Giants trying to kind of what are they going to do for an encore after such a surprising year last year? What do the Cowboys do after such another disappointing year like they had that ended in a game that they still, I guarantee you, feel like they could have beaten the Niners, what was that, 1912 yep. in that playoff game? I want to ask you, last question, as a quarterback, when you see a, a team like the Dallas Cowboys, when you see a defensive unit like the Dallas Cowboys, and you have six or seven guys in protection— because they can rush three or four and still get to you because they have beasts like Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons. What is Daniel Jones worrying about tonight? Because you know he is. Well, I think he's going to worry about getting enough people into pattern to the, to the, to the pattern and the routes to be able to throw to. Because when you're, when you, like you said, when you're holding back six and you're holding back seven guys with a tight end and with a running back, there's three guys in the pattern, so it is very difficult. Unless you're doing some heavy play action, you're marrying the run with the pass, which we talked about earlier. It's going to be difficult for him, and I and I think you know it's going to be a tough task for that offensive line. But I do th go back to Mike Kafka as a guy that spent a ton of time with Andy Reid and the Chiefs. They do such a good job game planning, and Andy Reid has always been a really good game planner against really good pass rushers. And so it'll be interesting to see how they, especially the first drive, especially the first 15, there's going to be plays in that offense that Mike Kafka has that's, hey, it's quick game. 
Hey, it's empty. Hey, there's seven-man protection. Hey, there's a run where we call whack. The tight end comes and cuts Micah Parsons. Like, there's going to be all sorts of stuff to make sure and test Micah Parsons' eyes early. You want bodies on Micah early. You want yeah. him hit early and often to kind of unsettle him. That no would doubt. be That's your antidote Absolutely. to a player of that ability. Absolutely. And, uh, listener, when you hear Chase Daniels say first 15, he doesn't mean first quarter 15 minutes. I believe you mean first 15 plays, correct? That's right. The that's script. scripted 15 plays. Exactly. How hard is it to stay on script in the NFL? Well, I mean, you're obviously going to get off on third down, right? And uh, it red zone. But for the most part, I mean, it, from everyone I've heard, I've had as coaches that do a good, really good job. Doug Peterson, I think his first 15 script is excellent. I think Andy Reid's first 15 script is excellent. I think Matt Kafka is because of the Andy Reid tree. He does a really good job no matter what it is. If it's not third down, if even if that first 15 goes into the second quarter, you're staying on it. Okay, that's the pretext. Let's get to the prediction. I always hate asking players to make predictions. You guys probably don't love to make predictions because you never liked predictions being made about you yeah. or about the teams that you were on. Well, heck, man, that's the world you're living in now. So let's <laughs> get your prediction for the Giants and the Cowboys. The Cowboys are favored by three on the road against the Giants. The Giants will certainly look at that as being disrespectful. Who wins this game? By how much? What's the score? Cowboys win 27-24, baby. So right on the number, 27-24. You agree with the odds makers. Chase Daniel is not at odds with the odds. He, think the, he thinks the odds are spot on. It's a push for him. 27-24. Cowboys win. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. And today, it is our viewer's guide to week one in the NFL. Now, game one in the books, whether the kingdom likes it or not. We have talked about the Cowboys and the Giants. That's Sunday night in Jersey. And the Dolphins and Chargers, that's Sunday afternoon in L.A. Chase Daniel gave his picks for those games. Now, all this season on these Friday shows, I will bring you the picks and predictions of both Chase Daniel and NFL Total Access, the broadcast host, Mike Yam. Now, you guys all know Yammer to be a straight shooter, except, of course, in rare cases involving his beloved Giants. And I'll push back on these guys occasionally, but for the most part, I'm going to stay out of the way. My job is to deliver the news, not to make it. So let's get to what you're waiting for, game picks and score predictions. Now, we're going to start with a quick reminder of Chase Daniels' first two predictions. He sees the Chargers beating the Dolphins 34-31. What does Mike Yam say? Well, he agrees that the Chargers will win this one. He sees the final score, Chargers 34, Dolphins 27, slightly bigger spread there. You heard Chase Daniel predict that the Cowboys will beat the Giants 27-24. Now, obviously, questions surrounding Darren Waller's availability certainly inform that pick. Mike Yam, unmoved, says his Giants will find a way to win by the very same score, actually. Giants 27, Cowboys 24. Now, that leaves 13 more games on the schedule to discuss, so let's get to it. Right here. Panthers Falcons. An NFC South division battle between the Panthers and the Falcons. A debut start for number one overall pick Bryce Young, hoping to outscore a Falcons offense led by Desmond Ritter and the rookie running back Bijan Robinson. Falcons are favored by three and a half. And Chase Daniel and Mike Yam both agree the Falcons will win this one. Chase Daniels score. Falcons 17, Panthers 13. Mike Yams score 21-17, Falcons win. 
Texans Ravens. Debut starts don't come much more challenging than the one facing rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud, who leads his Houston Texans into Baltimore to take on the former MVP, the newly minted Lamar Jackson, and the Ravens. Now, the Ravens are favored by a huge number here, nine and a half. Both Chase and Mike see the Ravens winning by 17. The final score for Chase, Ravens 27-10. Final score for Mike M, Ravens 34-17. Bengals Browns. AFC North standing and Ohio bragging rights on the line in this one. Two rich quarterbacks. Let's just call it like it is. One has an injured calf. The other has an injured rep. Bengals, a two-point road favorite in this one. Chase Daniels sees the spread widen to 14 in the end. He sees the Bengals beating the Browns 24-10. to Mike Yam sees a significantly tighter contest, but the same winner, Mike Yam's final score, Cincinnati Bengals 27, Cleveland Browns 21. Jags Colts. The AFC South battle between the division favorite Jags visiting the rookie QB led and Jonathan Taylor lists Indianapolis Colts. Now the Jags are favored by five. Chase Daniel says the Jags win by 11, 31-20. Mikey M says Jags win by two touchdowns, 31-17. Buccaneers Vikings. The post-Tom Brady era begins in earnest with Baker Mayfield leading Tampa Bay into Skullville. Vikings arguably overlooked as far as reigning division champs go, don't you think? Which is actually hard to do to a team that boasts the best wideout in the game. Justin Jefferson's Vikings are favored by five and a half. Chase Daniel and Mike Yam both see a seven-point win for the boys in purple. Chase Daniel's final score, Vikings 20. Tampa Bay, Buccaneers 13. Mike Yam sees it, Vikings 24, Bucks 17. Titans, Saints. The Derek Carr era begins in NOLA, and the Remember Me, My Name is Ryan Tannehill era continues for the Tennessee Titans. Storylines for days in this one, listener. Derek Henry and DeAndre Hopkins and Cam Jordan and the return of Michael Thomas and the absence of Alvin Kamara. Saints are given the standard close game home team edge in this one. They are favored by three. Mike Yam sees them stretch that to a six-point win, 23-17. But Chase Daniel, finally, can we hear it? It's an upset alert. Titans take it. So says Chase Daniel, 24-21. 49ers, Steelers. Okay, yes, Brock is back, and Kenny Pickett hopes to pick up where he left off last season on an absolute tear. A healthy and wealthy Nick Bosa is back. The Niners are road favorites in this one by two and a half. One of the more intriguing matchups and spreads on the schedule this weekend for me. You hear so many people trumpeting the Steelers, it's kind of hard to think that they would lose badly. Maybe it's even hard to imagine they would lose at all. Yes, even to a 49ers team this balanced. Well, the picks are in, and the picks are identical. Both Chase Daniel and Mike Yam see the San Francisco 49ers beating the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field 21-17. Cardinals Commanders. We're calling this one the QB Who Bowl. 
sponsored by quizzical looks of bewilderment around the NFL map. Sam Howell starts the season as QB1 in Washington for my commanders. Josh Dobbs starts for the Cardinals in Kyler Murray's absence. Now the commanders are favored by a touchdown, seven on the nose. I've seen seven and a half. Commanders win by 10, so says Mikey M, 27-17. Chase Daniels sees Mikey M's 10 and raises him one. An 11-point spread for Chase. 21-10 is the score that he is posting. We'll have the rest of the Week 1 games, picks and predictions, scores included, right after this. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. We have Week 1 picks and predictions, and we turn now to the oldest rivalry in the NFL. Packers-Bears. It's being billed as Justin versus Jordan. The Jordan Love era begins in green and gold at Soldier Field. Justin Fields, who led all NFL quarterbacks in rushing yards last season, takes the ball for the Bears, and he is rewarded with a not-so-convincing status of being a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Chase Daniels says the Bears do win 23-20. Mike Yam agrees the Bears win. He sees it 24-19. Raiders-Broncos. The NFC West division rivalry used to pit Niners quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo against Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson. Now it's merely a matter of a slight wardrobe and, well, altitude change. Wilson and the Broncos hosting Jimmy G and the Raiders. Broncos favored by three and a half. Chase Daniels score, Broncos 23, Raiders 20. Mikey M score, Broncos 20, Raiders 14. Eagles, Patriots. Jalen Hurts' defense of the NFC crown begins on the road in the AFC against the once terrifying, now tricky New England Patriots. Eagles favored by four. Chase Daniels, final score 27 17. Yammer sees them winning by 11, 31 to 20. Rams, Seahawks. So what will Geno Smith do for an encore? Well, host the division rival Rams for starters. Seahawks favored by five. Chase Daniel sees an 11-point win in the end. Seahawks win 28-17. Mike Yam sees a 12-point win. Seahawks win 24-12. And finally, Monday night at MetLife, Bills Jets. The once and future Kings square off in a fascinating AFC East divisional battle. Is the last game of week one the best game? Could be. Hard luck versus hard knocks. Hype versus hope. Allen versus Rodgers. Bills versus Jets. Couple things to watch for in this game. Certainly the return of DeMar Hamlin, who was back in the lineup for the Bills. Also, listen for an atmosphere that Jets fans haven't incited and indulged in years. And, of course, you can watch everything else, all the reasons that make NFL football great. Bills favored by two and a half. Now, is that disrespectful to the four-time MVP now wearing eight for gangrene? Or is that merely a reminder that preseason popularity doesn't put points on the board? How do we see it? Well, Chase Daniel votes for the former. Jets win in an upset, 20-17. to 17. And you know what? Mike Yam agrees. Jets win in an upset, 24-21. So there you have it, listener. Only a few upset picks in 15 remaining Week 1 games. The chalk wins the day, at least today. But will Chase and Mike Yam be proven to be wise or merely timid? Time will tell. 
We will have a complete wrap-up of week one next time. That's Tuesday of next week with special guest, former number one overall pick, David Carr. Be curious to hear what he has to say about younger brother Derek's performance in his debut for the Saints. Till then, good luck to your teams this weekend. Your fantasy teams, too. Look, as long as they're not playing mine. Enjoy the games. Take care of you and take care of your crew. And ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.